If you're looking for a new way to support SideMission, check out W.GG, an energy supplement company trying to make a difference. Make sure to use code SIDEMISSION for 15% off your order. Thank you, Dubby, for sponsoring this episode, and we hope you enjoy. Welcome in to the newest episode of Side Mission. I, like always, am your host, Rusty Ellis, joined today by not only Kyle Lynch, no Matt Beck, he decided that he didn't want to play Mortal Kombat, so he's not here today, but we've got somebody that's even better. Matt, if you hear this, if you're listening later, don't get mad. It's okay. If I could, if I could fire Matt for Darius, I would. Listen, uh, what? Um, anyways, <laughs> now we got my boy Darius Horton in here joined the biggest Mortal Kombat fan I know on God. Pro- probably the biggest... Mortal Kombat fan, I know. I know, Kyle, you're pretty big into it as well. And Thacker, if you're listening, uh, they're both absolutely bigger fans than you. So um, I'm just throwing shade at everybody to start this episode. Darius, glad that you're here. Second episode that you've been on with us. It's been a few years, though. I know, yeah. I think the last one I was on was The Last of Us, I believe, was the last episode yeah. I was on. But I am... Too, yeah. Yeah. And um, I am beyond excited to come back on here and uh, talk about my favorite franchise of all time. So this is a blast, and I am beyond excited, for real. So this is your favorite franchise. Okay, so I, I didn't know if it was this or Injustice quite yet, so fair enough. I know you I know you love both, so it doesn't matter. But Mortal Kombat oh, yeah. 1, fellas, that's what we're talking about today. And I think that the three of us would all agree... It's a really good entry in the Mortal Kombat series. I think that there's a lot of things that this game does really, really well. Kyle, as we have kind of talked about over the last couple of weeks when we've mentioned Mortal Kombat 1, a couple things that maybe we wish would have been done a little bit differently, that may have been done a little bit better in Mortal Kombat 11, but we'll get to that when we get to critiques. So let's just kind of open with uh, just how this game feels, for one, because, and Darius, I'll let you start since you're the guest. I normally start with Kyle, but since we have a guest here, I'll let you lead us off here um gameplay wise uh this feels every bit as good as a mortal Kombat game should feel to play it feels like you know the controls are very responsive the frame rate is buttery smooth which i've said i said in our street fighter 6 episode that if if you're going to be an online oriented game the frame rate's got to be good especially in a 1v1 kind of game like this and i feel like across the board performance wise this game checks all the boxes darius it's a very very complicated way of saying this game is beautiful to look at yeah I think you hit everything on the I think you hit everything on the head as far as you mentioned like a lot of the the positives as far as like the gameplay. Um I would say because um for me I've had and I'll try to keep this like real brief, but I've had a really fun experience with like the NRS titles, which is like from Mortal Kombat 2011 till now. I've had a really good yeah, I've had a really good experience and a really good um experience through that because um from MK9 to MKX was really like fun, fast paced. You know, a lot of the um, distance that you can cover on the screen was really fun. Um, but then um, when you get to MK11, you know, you're dealing with a lot of, um, it was really more footsie based, which made it kind of slow, but um, it, it was still a blast to play, you know, online. But, but like how you said, playing this one in particular, though, it really, expound on the pawn that this feels like a mixture in my opinion between um mortal kombat 2011 mixed with mortal kombat x and i only say that because um the movement reminds me a lot of mk9 which is mk 2011 for people who don't know um but it reminds me a lot of that game where it's like real fluid and it's really like quick 
And that's something that Mortal Kombat 11 was, in my opinion, I felt like it, Mortal Kombat 11 was just a little bit slower. But what really helps this game gameplay wise, and it's like how you mentioned Rusty, is that it's really responsive. And for me, it really makes me think about the cameo system. And I feel like that's a really plus in this game because we've never seen Mortal Kombat be an assist based fighter game. And this is one of the, you know, most fun times I've had with a Mortal Kombat game, gameplay-wise, just because of this new addition. And, you know, looking back on it, and the thing is with this game that I kind of had a difference with Mortal Kombat 11. With Mortal Kombat 11, I kind of played it for like a week, and I was like, oh, okay, I kind of understand. Like, I kind of get the game. Versus with Mortal Kombat 1, you know, I really, I, I've had this game, I've played it since the stress test, and I've had it since the beta, and I'm still to this day, like, I'm still finding out new things that I could do. So it's given me a lot of more time to play the game, you know, versus me, you know, with Mortal Kombat 11, like I said, I played it in two weeks, kind of found my main. And, you know, after that, it was just like, oh, okay, well, I know who I'm good at, good with, you know, versus on here, like, there's still some cameos that I haven't even tried yet. So, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. But like how you said, the um visually i will never ever have a have a problem with a mortal kombat game and the graphics of it it's always going to be a beautiful looking game the thing that you know coming from mk11 to this one for me i was really a big component on gameplay and um i knew that the graphics were going to be good because you know we are on next gen too and the thing is too is that even even that mk11 was on xbox one and ps4 it was still a great looking game. It was beautiful. So I was beyond excited whenever we got to get in, whenever we got to, you know, play a new Mortal Kombat game on next gen hard drive. No, I agree. And I think that Kyle, we, we've gone back and forth about this. I think this, this it's hard for me to argue that this isn't the best looking game really of all you consider everything on the market right now because obviously we're playing through lies of p we played armored core 6 and it looked really good um we we've we all love how games like god of war ragnarok ratchet and clank rift apart how those have looked it's hard to argue that this isn't the best looking game on the market right now and i think that the fact that the color palettes being as unique as they all are the environments being as unique as they all are it doesn't feel like any nothing feels the same I feel like, Kyle, visually, this is one of the best-looking games out there, period. Not just one of the best-looking Mortal Kombats. If you didn't buy it on Switch. If you didn't buy it on <laughs> Switch, it does, it's a train wreck on the Switch. Yeah, the Switch, oh, man. But, yeah. <laughs> this this game looks incredible. I mean, man, it's such a work of art. Um, I I think one thing that really uh impressed me was how they kept the story fresh and yes. with it being a reboot and a completely new universe because they rebooted a couple of times but with it being a completely new universe i had no idea who was going to be good who was going to be bad who was going to turn you know the plot twists in this game were incredible and i think that one thing uh that i noticed is you didn't do any fatalities throughout the entire story, which was a little bit weird at first, but then I remembered, you know, okay, so this is 
them setting the stage for what's to come. This is, you know, their new universe. This isn't like the final game. This is Mortal Kombat 1. They're starting over, and I imagine that the next couple of games are going to be extremely brutal in their story because this was really just to introduce everybody's characters and where they're at and who's kind of who's who in this universe so that we can get attached to them and watch them get killed in the next game. <laughs> but well that's morbid. Yeah, I mean dude, that's how Mortal Kombat be. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, I think man, you really made a good point too and I think you know, definitely playing this game. And I noticed that too in the story mode that, you know, they were talking about like, um, they were like, oh yeah, we've had this tournament for years. And that's one thing that I really enjoyed about the story mode of this game too, is that, you know, from MK9 until MK11, they kind of deterred away, even in some of the 3D era games, they kind of deterred away from the tournaments, you know? And that's when I thought this was such a good one. Right. Because um, and Luke Kang and I, and you hit on a great point of like the reason that there are no fatalities. I think that's a really good reason of why they did it. And I also remember in the story mode, too, is that Luke Kang wants this to be as peaceful as ever. So it kind of makes sense that they don't have no fatalities right now. But, you know, obviously with the ending, which I'm pretty sure we'll talk about later, it's going to make the next one even more um, brutal, per se. No, I agree. I agree, and I think that that's where this story really lends itself. I like that this game is a multiversal story or a multi-timeline story that doesn't ignore that. It doesn't, and you know, the big plot twist, obviously, you know, late in the game. Spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't hasn't beaten it at this point. When we're we're multiple weeks out from the release at this point, you know, the big reveal that there's two timelines in this story, and that in one timeline, Liu Kang one became an elder god, you know, went from there, and then the other timeline or in one of the other timelines, say, you know, Shang Tsung won. So it's one of those, it's it's interesting that the game doesn't shy away from that. It doesn't shy away from the fact that, and specifically with Liu Kang, it doesn't it doesn't shy away from him, from having him tell people, hey, there was this whole other timeline before. There was this whole other world before, and due to events in MK11, specifically with Chronica, you know, he obviously ended up resetting everything, resetting the timeline in general, the events of Aftermath, obviously give a little bit more context to that as well. And I like that they don't ignore that. They acknowledge that that's very much a part of this story. And that's a big part of the story. I also think that one of the best things, and Kyle, you alluded to this, is having familiar characters in new roles. Um, I loved having Raiden in Liu Kang's shoes. I loved that, and, I, and vice versa. I thought Liu Kang as the Elder God, uh, or as the protector of Earthrealm, I thought worked perfectly. I thought that was awesome. And I loved seeing characters that we're so used to seeing as evil, evil characters as good, as on your side. Sindel is one of the highlights of the yes. story. Sindel is a massive highlight of the story. She's awesome. You get you get more context into Melina and her condition as well. There are so many gaps that I feel like this story fills in the Mortal Kombat timeline. Um, and that's not even taking into account that characters like Reptile and Baraka are somehow on your side. They're somehow considered the good guys as well. So, Kyle, I feel like those twists and turns you talk about, the different characters in different roles, it's awesome. And I hope that that's something we see them build on in future games as well. Man, speaking of Mortal Kombat being morbid, there was a line that Reptile gave that I think was one of the best lines in this game. When 
uh, Baraka and everybody else get imprisoned by Shang Tsung, uh, Reptile is the one who comes and, you know, sees them in their cell, and they're trying to plea with him to get him to release them. And Reptile tells them that Shang Tsung has his family, and that he can't do anything against Shang Tsung's will, or else he'll kill his family. And he looks at Baraka and says, You are Shang Tsung's prisoner. I am his slave. And man, that hurt. Because, I mean, taking this character who we've been conditioned to hate because he was always a bad guy and flipping that and turning him into a sympathetic good guy. I mean, it... Crazy. Man, that mm-hmm. that was a big twist I didn't see coming. And then, you know, when you eventually break out and Shang Tsung tells him that his family was killed a long time ago, that hurt even worse. I mean, man, how did they make us feel so bad for this character who, for a long time, was bad? Genius writing hey. right there. Yeah, and that it, they literally, I feel like they... And I don't want to say, like, thank, thank goodness for COVID, you know what I'm saying? But I feel like with the delay and everything, right, like, with the delay with this game coming out, they really got to focus a lot on a, on a, a lot of, you know, dialogue for the story and yes. what they want to do with the story, like how you said. And, man, like, that reptile scene was really brutal. And it, like, hurt me to hear because it's just like, man, like, you you killed, you know, Shang Tsung, killed his, you know, family regardless he was just like you know regardless of what happened they're still dead and you're still going to serve me and i'm just like yo this guy is sick and like really demented and something that you know i really thought about too you know regarding the story is that they use new avenues to show who these characters are for instance like i remember um you know like uh rusty i remember you said that um, they talked about how Baraka was a good guy now. And, you know, that's really, that's really, you know, true because Baraka used to be a henchman basically for, for Shao Kahn and all of his ruling and rulings and outworld in the older games. But in this one, you get to see how he's a normal person because he talks about how he was wealthy. You know, he was like one of the top people, you know, in outworld and he had a lot of money. And then whenever he got infected with the disease, then his life turned around. It just shows how quick that, you know, how like they had people in a in a certain element in the older games, but now that they've changed it, now these people are more relatable than they've ever been. And I've never I've never seen that in any of the older games. It's creative. That's that's what it really is ultimately. And you know, we, we talk a lot in gaming about wanting to see innovation. And I feel like this story innovates. I feel like this story tries new things. It does new things. And sure, there may be not 100% of it may land with 100% of people. I mean, I don't think 100% of it landed with all of us. I don't think it's a perfect story by any means. But I think that for for a story in a Mortal Kombat game, this is really damn good. And again, I, I it was alluded to earlier by you, Darius. I love the focus on the tournament. I love how because... The problem with X, the problem with Eleven, I feel like the problem with each of them is that so little of those games is about the actual tournament of Mortal Kombat. So little of these of those games, right. they're, they're mainly about saving the universe. And sure, this game starts or gets to that point at some point, but 
it does have that initial focus on, you know, Liu Kang finding the greatest warriors on Earth that includes Kung Lao, Raiden, Johnny Cage, and Kenshi, which, by the way, Kenshi's redesign from Mortal Kombat X to Mortal Kombat 1. My God, there is not a bigger glow-up. He was awful <laughs> in MKX. Yeah. He was OP in this game. He was mm -hmm. this, this member of the Yakuza version of Kenshi, God, Bad. that was awesome. Like, that was... That was awesome, and he, he, when he became blind, he became somehow even more badass. So, I, 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 again, it's it's these new takes on these familiar characters that I like and that I hope that we continue to see more of as things move forward. Now, we do need to talk about the last chapter in this game because, Kyle, that was wild. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> fact that, the fact that you get to just pick... You get to just pick from anyone on the roster that you can fight through. I picked Raiden. I don't know who y'all picked. I'm interested to hear who y'all picked. But I picked Raiden, and I can't even remember the names of all, like, of the 12, 15 people <laughs> that I fought. But that was, again, so creative. It was so different than the rest of the game, and I liked that. I liked, again, Kyle, that this game, it tries new things. Yet you, you, you have to praise that. Absolutely. I think giving you the choice of who to play the last chapter with is awesome. I chose Gearus, uh, just because he was really? the only one of the only characters <clears throat> that I didn't get to play in the story, and so I was like, okay, I want to play as him and check out his move set. I really liked him. He is a tank. Um, but what was really crazy about the final chapter were all the mashup fights that they did, which apparently change when you go back. And they have different names as well, which the names were one of the funniest. I, I mean, that shit was hilarious. Like, I fought Quantum Chi and Johnny <laughs> Connors. I was like, are you serious? These are great references. You know, I thought that having them be literal mashups of characters from other universes was fantastic. And something that I don't think I've ever seen before. Um... So I, I think that that also led into a great addition to this game that is Invasion, yeah. which continues yeah. with those mashup fights. It's you know kind of more like a, a board game-esque where it's – unlike the Crypt, you don't have your free movement. Um, you kind of want a set path, and you, uh, you have – specific fights that you're supposed to do to unlock branching paths where you can go to find new costumes or, you know, weapon skins or, you know, such and that. Um, but I think that, you know, in in the crypt, in every additional game mode, like the tower, you've always been kind of fighting the same characters or the same two, you know, characters. But this, it feels consistently fresh because it's, always a new mashup you never know what you're gonna get um but yeah i gotta say that that's one of the things that really really blew my mind about this game was their entire you know thought process to hey let's take all these characters just mash them together and give them you know these random combos and abilities that you aren't gonna see coming right and i think Man, you you really hit on something that was really interesting because, you know, it just it, it did add it that kind of like lightheartedness. Like I noticed whenever I played it, I was like, some of these characters are so goofy that I just like start laughing. But then they also they also have um, 
like um other characters as well like um for instance they brought back robot robot smoke or cyber smoke and i thought that was incredibly cool <laughs> um because we have we haven't seen cyber smoke since probably well i know tribe if you don't count triborg and mkx we haven't seen cyber smoke since mortal Kombat deception i believe but he was partnered with noob cybot in that game so you know take it what it is but as far as like a full fledged on character we haven't seen him since mortal Kombat 3 which is crazy um but that's one thing i really did love about the ending i felt like in my opinion and oh also i forgot to say i played as Liu kang um <laughs> and i only did because i felt like I feel like canonically, like Liu Kang is always going to be the guy. You know what I'm saying? So that's the only reason I did it. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I feel like all of our picks made sense because Garrus was the keeper of the that time glass, <laughs> and Raiden was like the, the next Liu Kang. So I feel like all of our picks made sense. Um, but um, but yeah, like um, like I was saying though, um, but but here's my my absolute favorite part about the last chapter, is that it is a mashup of the 3D era Mortal Kombat games that we have we have seen as like us who were, you know, I remember when I was, you know, probably around, you know, 10 to 13 years old, like I remember getting Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance and getting Mortal Kombat um, Deception and then getting Armageddon as well. And we haven't seen any references to those PlayStation 2 xbox era games since then you know so that's one thing i really loved about the last chapter is that it took place on the pyramid of argus which is in mortal kombat armageddon and we haven't seen that or even the fact that you know the deadly alliance which is quan chi and uh, shang Tsung, we haven't seen them become boss characters since 2002 when deadly alliance came out and i felt like man like I feel like that last chapter was just a really big like service and a really big here you go from you know Ed Boon and all the creatives at NetherRealm Studios because people have been clamoring for 3D era representation. And I feel like the last chapter gave everybody a good, you know, a good, I would say, serving of that per se. And we can't also talk about the last chapter. We've already dropped a spoiler alert. So if you're if you're still here, you don't care about spoilers. We can't talk about the ending of this game without talking about the fact that Titan Havoc is is, is teased in the very last scene. Uh, that has massive implications, Darius, for what the next game in Mortal in the Mortal Kombat series could look like. Oh, one hundred percent. And I know, um, I know, like there there were the MKX comics, and in the MKX comics. Um, I didn't read them, but I've seen people who did reviews on them. But I know there was a lot of people mentioning that Havoc was like the big bad dude in the Mortal Kombat X comics. And, you know, when you think about Havoc's character, I felt like there was no other better character. Well, I do have one better character, who I think, but this I'll, I'll save that for later. Um, but I feel like when you look at the roster, and you look at Mortal Kombat characters who are the complete definition of anarchy. Nobody describes that more than Havoc. Like, I, lo I love Shang Tsung. I love Quan Chi. You know, they're both good and bad guys. I love Shao Kahn. He's a good bad guy. But nobody has the twisted, demented, sick mind that Havoc has in the Mortal Kombat universe. So I felt like Havoc 
being Titan Havoc at the end of the game was, I feel like he could potentially be a really great villain in this role just because of who his character is. Even if you know the origins from him in Deception and he's just someone who's just basically a, a big anarchist and who wants nothing but chaos. You know, he's from the chaos realm um, in the earlier games. So I felt like that was the perfect person to put that, you know, um, that next stage of being like, all right, the next big bad guy could be this person. I feel like Havoc made made really perfect sense. Absolutely. And you don't have to tell us, you don't have to tell me who that character was that you're referring to. We all know that you're a big Kotal Khan fan. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> Brucey, that is such a big inside joke. Kotal uh, Dud. Kotal Dud, because he was so bad in MKX. You know, I will say, from MKX to MK11, nobody got a bigger glow-up moveset-wise than Kotal Khan. Kotal Khan became, oh, yeah. became a very viable character to play as in, in MK11. But, uh, Kyle, we, we alluded to it earlier. Not a perfect game. Really, really damn good game. Really damn good game. Not mm-hmm. a perfect one. Um, we, we mentioned there are some things that maybe we feel like you know, this game maybe takes a step back from MK11 in, and I know that you said that customization from top to bottom was one thing that really stuck out to you in terms of stuff that did take a step back. Yeah, I felt like in Mortal Kombat 11, it it really expanded the customization, and every character felt unique to me. I don't necessarily think that we need gear that changes your stats i'm indifferent on it i like it and i don't i think that it makes sense having it because if you're playing competitive online it disables the gear stats and you know you have base stats like everybody else except the gear look is still there so if you want to play without the gear affecting your stats you can play competitive um but the way that they did it in the last game was so in-depth there was you know different headgears there were different weapons you could do different torsos different legs i mean there was all kinds of customization in there and in this you really only got to change one thing and you got to change their entire costume at once and I just, I don't know, I I liked it better in the last game. Now, I think that this game has some really cool costumes and some really cool gear. I just wish that the customization was a lot more like Injustice 2 and Mortal Kombat 11, where you could customize every part of them and, you know, really make the characters feel your own, instead of just different palettes of that character. Um, yeah, I feel yeah. that. The other yeah, thing is, sure. yeah, you mentioned like customizing movesets as well, right? Like that was something yeah. that stuck out to you. In in Mortal Kombat 11, you could customize your moveset a little bit by adding different moves for characters, which I thought was also really cool because it, you know, you never knew what you know, it, I mean, you kind of knew who you're going up against, but you never knew what combos they were going to use because it all depended on what special moves they were using or what their moveset was set up for what their gear was set up for. I mean, it was it was so in-depth. And I, I mean, maybe they took it back to this because, you know, it's Mortal Kombat 1 and they really want to be truthful to having this as a baseline for their new 
franchise or not their new franchise, but their new um Yeah, their new yeah, their new timeline. Um timeline. Yeah, yeah. now if Injustice Three comes out and the customization is taken back, that's gonna be a little weird. But this I, I think it's a little bit excusable because they are taking things back to the basics and trying to build from there, and I think that's okay. Um I just personally preferred the customization from before. And I also I I think that the cameo system is great, but I think that leaving some of these classic characters like Kano to only cameos I it was kind yeah, of I dirty. I, 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 I'm totally fine with them being cameos, but I would have liked to see them show up in the story or maybe have them not be cameos until the second game when they do come in and, like, save the cameos for maybe DLC characters or, you know, think, uh, add more yeah. add more story characters as cameos later on. I think where it rubbed me the wrong way, and I, I, I want to say I like the cameo system. I think that it actually can really turn fights around in your favor if you get behind early, and I think that that's... You know, you use it the right way. I think that, you know, you can come up with some wacky combinations, and I love that. But I do think it's giving me kind of the vibes of MKX, where Goro was on the disc, but if you didn't pre-order, you didn't get him unless you paid an extra $5. Like, it's it's one of those where, like, clearly these characters, you've got their models in the game, you've got movesets designed for them, clearly. So why did the classic characters, like... My biggest fear was, you know, somebody like Jax or Sonya Blade getting demoted essentially to a non-playable character as a cameo. And instead, you know, Quan Chi maybe isn't like my main and has never been my main, but Quan Chi's a major character in the Mortal Kombat story, in the Mortal Kombat timeline. He's a major character. Right. And it just it seems like demoting classic characters because you don't feel like there's a place for them. But yet I feel like I don't feel like any of us would have been mad if the roster had been say 27 fighters instead of 23. I feel like we all would have been very happy with having a few more options instead of just those characters being cameos. There's when you think of critiques for this game, I, I know obviously you're you're a big big fan of it. If you right. have to nitpick, what's something that you would like to see the next game do better than this one? And um I mean I do this and I would say Hi, can you hear me? My bad, my earphones fell out. No, you're good. You're good. Go ahead. We're just gonna leave that in. No editing. Fuck all that. <laughs> um, some things that I really noticed that I um I would prefer that they would take a look at, like for instance, I mean, for me, guys, like I mean, I see a lot of people who like who really like played the game, like you know, for a while since you know the stress test and the beta and all that. And one thing that we noticed, like when the game first came out is that it's got some bugs in it. Like I just noticed it like, it, and I know it's still early, right? Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, demote it all the way down because there's some bugs in it. That's normal. Um, but there was just like some small things. Like for instance, I'm someone like I haven't played online yet because I'm still training. I'm trying to find out my main carry, uh, cameo in my character. So something that they've done since MK11, not, not MK11, since MK9, I believe, they've allowed you to pin your like moves on a display whenever you're training. 
Um, and they took that, they've taken that away. I really want to see them like bring that back because it makes the learning process so much easier. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, I am a big fan, but there are things I do have critiques on. Like I said, pinning, um, pinning the, like the moves and the combos on the screen, like while you fight is something I think they'll eventually add in. Um, but that's something that I've been, you know, wanting them to do since forever. Um, and that's just like, you know, just like practicing and all that stuff. But as far as like some other stuff, man, um, I really feel like, um, like how Cal said, I think you did hit a, I think you hit a really good point when it comes to the customization. Um, see, the thing is like, I, I actually, I prefer MK1, but I do want them to take aspects from MK11 that you did mention like goodness gracious the amount of things that you were able to customize in mk11 was insane i've i've never seen customization like that um but i feel like they well i feel like with like some of the masks in like 11 i feel like the mask are better in one um but i feel like if you could just merge them both i feel like that would be a really good idea um in something that you could do um and I think like some other things that I had thought about too is just um, you know, I guess like um I I don't have like a ton of like really bad issues, but I would just say like um I really want to see a way. I don't know if you guys like um, you know, I, I know we've talked a little bit about invasions, but I really want them to change the way you can like, I would say like grind or master a character. Um, because yeah, because, like, obviously, right, like, we want to unlock all the costumes, all the brutalities. We want to, like, we want to master our character to level 35 so we can get everything that comes with it. But what I'm finding is that, like, I'm I'm having to grind a lot for, you know, for one of my, for, like, one character, you know, and that's just something, like, I wish they could go in and fix is just, like, make it easier to grind these characters. Because I've been playing Invasions with Sub-Zero for a while, and, like, I'm on, like, level, like, 15 to Sub-Zero, but you got to max it out to 35, and I'm just like, dog, that's going to take a while. So I would just say, like, the level up and, like, the ranking system, I, I hope that they could go and fix that. But if they add it, you know, as a patch, like, that would be cool. But I feel like that's something I feel like they could definitely do better. The one thing that this game has done successfully for me is it's made me really excited for Injustice 3. Like, realistically, it's got me really excited for what Injustice 3 can look like. Uh, you know, Injustice 2, I, I think, I don't think it, it's it's an overstatement to say that Injustice 2 is one of, I think, the three greatest fighting games of all time. When you look top to bottom, just how it plays, the story, the customization, the leveling system, I feel like all of it is top tier, is elite. And I feel like if they take the same kind of love and care that they gave a lot of the aspects of this game, and they gave it, I would say to 90% of this game, they gave a lot of love and a lot of great attention to detail to this game. If they give that same kind of love to Injustice 3 and can clean up some of the things from this game that kind of stuck out a little bit, not necessarily massive critiques, they're more, they're more nitpicky than anything else. I think, Kyle, I think you'd say the same. They, they, these are really nitpicky. It's a really good fighting game. I think this beats the dog shit out of fucking Street Fighter Six. I don't think this is. I don't think this is even a close discussion there. I think Street Fighter Six was a good game. This is a cut above that and then some. So 
I'm excited to see what NetherRealm does next because not just for Injustice, but for the next Mortal Kombat, there's a lot of things I think they tried in this game that worked out very, very well and set the stage for some big, big story things further down the road. Excited to see what Titan Havoc does, as you talked about, Darius. And I do think there are enough people, Kyle, that are that are saying this about the customization that I think NetherRealm, I think Ed Boon will eventually look into improving that in the next game. I don't think this is going to be something that next game we're talking about. I think next game they're probably going to have that on lock. Um, just something that I, just, this is what I think. I think Ed Boon does a good job of listening to fans. Uh, last thing before we go, fellas, uh, Combat Pack 1 looks stacked. It looks absolutely stacked. Who are you most excited about from Combat Pack 1? We've obviously seen that it's going to have Homelander, Omni-Man, Peace, is it Peacemaker or Peacekeeper? Which, what is it that he's called? Peacemaker, I don't give a shit. And then is it Ermac is the other is the other part of yeah. Combat Pack One? Who are y'all most excited to play as? Well, well, also they they also got Quan Chi too, which is going to be really yes. interesting. Yeah. Oh man, you know, man, like I see, I'm a Mortal Kombat fan, so I really want to say Ermac. I mean, I'll say Ermac, man, but dog, a really close second, man. I'm excited to play Omni Man because I yeah. freaking I love Invincible. And they have, I think they said they're getting, um, it was got J.K. Simmons, right? Yeah. Um, I think he's doing the voice for Omni-Man too. And you got like John Cena, who's going to do Peacemaker. And yeah, but, but just because I am a huge Invincible fan, I am really excited to play with Omni-Man. But Ermac, I will say Ermac is number one because I think his gameplay potential could be insane. Like for real, with all the levitation and all of that stuff. But as far as a guest character, I am so excited for Omni-Man just because I'm a huge fan of Invincible. Same. Actually, I'm most excited for Like, Homelander is going to be fun, and I think the mashup between Homelander and Omni-Man is iconic. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're gonna those clips are going to be all over the internet once this shit drops, and I'm so excited. But yeah, Omni-Man, definitely because of Invincible, uh, dude... If you haven't checked out that show, here's a free promo. Go check it out. The second season season's dropping. dropping. In what, 30 days? Yep, 30 days till season two, and it's going to blow everybody's mind. I've, I've read the comics, and the comics are incredible. Absolutely pick them up as well, but they are pretty much one-to-one with the show, so you will get spoiled on everything if you read ahead of the show. But, I mean, fuck, it's worth it. I cannot believe Ed Boon got them in this game. That is nuts to me and it makes me excited to see who's gonna be you know coming later because we just saw on twitter the other day ed boone teased ghostface from scream chucky um ah damn it what's his name billy the puppet from saw yeah jigsaw and um um pinhead did they did did he te- I think he teased Michael Myers, too. Yeah, yeah, Pinhead and Michael Myers. All of them, I think that is... All- because, you know, they've always done classic horror characters. And, man, how... F- right. Like, okay, Omni-Man and Homelander going at it are going to be insanely badass. But how fucking funny would it be to see two puppets killing each other? Chucky and <laughs> Billy from Saw. <laughs> I'd Your lose my shit. I played, I played enough lives of Peter <laughs> to see where this is going. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm with you both. I think Omni-Man, I think Omni-Man is actually going to be... Yeah, I think he'll be the character out of the Combat Pack 1 that gets the most play 
I think he will get played the most, honestly. I think Homelander is going to be a very close second, and I think that you're right. The interactions, like the pre-match interactions between those two and other characters are going to be iconic. I'm I'm excited to see the lines of dialogue, the different one-liners that they drop. I'm excited for that. Uh, It makes me more excited also as well for, as you said, Kyle, second season of Invincible. The first season is fucking awesome. Again, can't co-sign that enough. It's great. You need to check it out. Uh, The next season of The Boys is also going to be freaking awesome as well. So we're ready for that too. Um, But yeah, Mortal Kombat 1, that is our review of it. Uh, I think overall, boys, we really like this game. And it's, it's, I think that, I don't think it's a stretch to say. I think that when you look at the best games from this year, it's been a really, really stacked 2023. We've still got a lot of big games coming with Spider-Man 2 and Lords of the Fallen, Assassin's Creed Mirage as... As of recording, Assassin's Creed Mirage drops in two hours. So we, we've still, and, and of course, Detective Pikachu Returns is coming out, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Super Mario RPG Remake. There's a lot of stuff coming down the pipe. But I don't think it's a stretch to say that Mortal Kombat 1 could go down as one of the best games that's come out this year. So that will do it for this episode of Side Mission. Be sure to check us out on Twitter, at Side Mission Pod. You can follow us on Facebook as well at Side Mission Podcast. For Kyle Lynch and our esteemed guest, Darius Horton, I'm Rusty Ellis. Thanks for listening.